We are the Adventuring Guild, and this is the Home Brew Review. Once again, for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. Last week, we finished off Horde of the Dragon Queen and took out Resmir in the Castle in the Sky. And now we will be focusing on the Rise of Tiamat series. We are in chapters three and four, they kind of blend together, episode four. Uh, we will be taking on Narrowbane and the Misty Forest area. With me once again, I have Micah, Mike, Hope, and Virgil. And uh, just a reminder to everybody, if you're anywhere near the Kearney area, please check out Syndicate Games in Kearney, Nebraska. They're a wonderful little game store located within the Kaufman Center. So if you get a chance, head down that way and check them out. Tell them we sent you. They've been very good to us here, and we're always trying to help them out. Uh, other than that, if you would like to join the crew here or listen to us record live on Discord, just uh, visit our Patreon page and join. It's $2 a month. And you have an opportunity to not only listen here, but also to actually join us on the show. And for joining at the $2 level, you are guaranteed a spot in the Chaos Plan game, where you will do at least one intro mission with your character, which is solo or a small group, and then at least one group game with uh, four or more people. And then if you do well and you really enjoy it, you're welcome to join us for wh however many games you are able to do. So, on that note, we will go ahead and get started once again with our paladin, Cedric, a.k.a. Virgil. Hey everybody, this is Virgil, playing Cedric, the Azmir Oath of the Dragon's Guard paladin. Uh, last game, uh, I felt like I had quite a bit of an impact. I was able, with that big vampire uh, that we were fighting, I wasn't doing a ton of damage, but the Radiant ability of the Divine Favor spell that I had going... Uh, really helped keep that vampire under control, uh, keep it from regenerating. Also, it wasn't played in a lot, but the elemental resistance, uh, we didn't get a really, didn't really get a chance to use that, uh, but that's okay. And then I had the chance to use Draconic Threat, but I decided not to because it wasn't going to help us all that much situation. However, just the Paladin in general, uh, the bonuses, all that kind of stuff, the damage, really, I think, helps take some of those hits, the, the Heavy Armor Mastery, to reduce some, some of those hits, kept me up. The amount of damage I actually saved from that minus three to hits actually is the only thing that kept me up. I was uh, three po or seven points from going unconscious, and I think I negated... Uh, a total of nine or ten points uh, in total. So that one hit kept me from those. Uh, that little bit of damage mitigation helped keep me up. Going into level twelve, uh, I get a, a few more spells. Uh, I love playing this because uh, the oath of the dragon's guard does not prepare spells. They do known spells. Uh, I've been really trying to pick up uh, not good spells, but spells I think that my character would pick and then not changing them afterwards. So, uh, 
that's been a little bit of a task, trying to figure out which spells I think would be the most useful, as well as part of the character set. Uh, so I have a couple of spells, a lot of con- concentration based, uh, so I won't be using a bunch, but uh, they are there in case I need them. Uh, the other thing with Radiant Soul, a very powerful ability is able to help me one-shot one of those guard uh, dragons, or uh, dragon guard dog things, uh, just with that extra bonus to damage. So hopefully I'll get to use that again, uh, even more. Going into level 12, uh, Paladin, uh, I get two more uh, spells for my uh, Oath of the Dragon Guard spell list. And at ninth level, I get Haste and Earthbind. Uh, haste is always useful. Um, Earthbind is very situational, but if you're taking out fine creatures such as dragons, uh, Earthbind is always a nice thing to have to bring a, a creature down to the ground or keep them from moving. Um, that's, uh, let's see, we have eight levels. So at ninth level, the paladin gets, uh, Nothing, just uh, third level spells. Uh, tenth level, the Aura of Courage. So, uh, my friends and I are now immune to uh, the Frightened effect. Uh, that's always useful when fighting dragons. Uh, uh, well, 11th level, you get the Improved Smite, so now I'm dealing uh, an extra 1d8 Radiant Damage uh, all the time. Uh, and then at 12th level, uh, uh, I took the Ability Score improvement to max out my Charisma. Uh, as far as magic items that I got, uh, from that last battle, uh, we got the great sword, uh, Harris, uh, Hazaron, which is going to be fantastic. So I'm ditching the sword and board and going with the great sword. Uh, Hazaron is a plus two great sword. Uh, it gives me, uh, an additional, uh, 2d6 necrotic damage, uh, and uh, it has the ability to do wounding, so if I hit a creature, it cannot uh, regain any hit points for one minute and unless it makes a DC 15 con save at the end of its turn. It also has four charges, which it re- uh, regains 1d4 at midnight. Uh, spells that are on the sword are detect magic, detect good or evil and good, and detect thoughts. So a pretty utility weapon. Uh, I think I'm going to be doing a little bit more damage uh, with that. Uh, I was joking with Robert in between uh, the games. Uh, hopefully if I hit really well, I'm going to be doing a ton of damage. I'm going to start hitting like a truck more than I have been uh, with the 2d6 of the Greatsword, the extra 2d6 Necrotic, and then the Improved Divine Smite doing an initial 1d8. So we'll see how much how much this truck hits the opponents, and <laughs> let's see what uh, the DM can bring to us today. Hey guys, it's Hope. I play Hazel, the uh, half-elf princess dragon rider. Last game I thought went pretty well. I, I very much appreciated being able to play my dragon. It was very fun. Uh, I reflected more on the princess side. I didn't get to use too many of my abilities just because I was trying to make sure that I could use my dragon as much as I could. and. With the healing that just didn't happen as much as I would have liked due to positioning, a lot of the heals that do are the touch rather than spoken words, so being about 30 feet away from the opponents wasn't very helpful with trying to heal them. Otherwise, I thought uh, the Princess Cross still, it's still 
so far is holding up really well. It's very balanced and it's so much fun to play. Doing the Dragon Rider Prestige class, that one was very fun getting able to use a dragon. The natural weapon was very powerful. It was very nice being able to do 2d10 of damage and it helped that I was actually able to roll pretty well with that. The breath weapon was also very fun to use. Uh, that was acid damage done off of a dexterity save, and it was really nice that I was able to position myself to be able to use that breath weapon, as that is one of the most notorious parts of having a dragon. Going into level 12, uh, the princess gets a few more little attributes. My inspiring call and war cry is now adding a d6 instead of a d4. And I get a couple more ma majesty points. I have 10 majesty points that I can now use, and I have the ability called Uncanny Grace, where I can spend one point to either dash, disengage, or dot as a bonus action. So I'm excited to see if I can use any of those uh, during the princess. I was also able to take the last level of the Dragon Ride, and this was a strengthen of the Bond of Magic. This allowed me to pick up two more level 5 spells, so I chose Polymorph and Cowpill, and I can use those uh, twice a day. So I'm really excited to hope to be able to use more spells around. On to the items that we got. I ended up getting the Black Dragon Mac, which now makes me immune to acid, since I already have my dragon already had wizards to it. I can use Blindsight once a day, and I have an advanced charisma check against uh, Black Dragon. Greetings and salutations, students. Class is in <laughs> This is Michael once again with Daskalos, the Seder Arbalist, trainer of heroes and slayer of many kobolds. Um, last session was uh, a lot of fun for me. Not only did I get to fully utilize the Wand of Winter that I had picked up and just raining down cold death on many satyrs and cult or on many uh, kobolds and cultists, I also got to uh, really show off a lot of the uh, movement potential and bonuses that therein lie with the. Uh, uh, Arbalist subclass that I chose. Um, the strafe dice really, really helped out in, in mostly I used it to, uh, to pump up damage as a lot of my other party members were, were taking those hits that I could normally use my, uh, my strafe die against. Um, going into level 12 with the, uh, additional proficiency that we get, that's gonna add two more strafe die that I can acquire to my pool, bringing my total up to, uh, Eight before that I can use on various uh, shenanigans. Um, I also gain the uh, uh, Arbalist abilities stopping power. So at ninth level, my bolts are able to stagger enemies. Once per turn, if I hit with a ranged attack, I can force the target to make a strength save. On a fail, it is staggered. A staggered creature cannot seek reactions, and they're. Uh, Speed is reduced by 10 feet until the end of their next turn. Once I do this to a creature, it is immune to, to this effect until I take a short or long rest. The attacks meant to stagger cannot pierce due to the different kind of bolt used. And then, uh, 
Uh, it'll, the stopping power will actually scale again at 14th level. Uh, I also gained a the access to the tight grouping feature. Uh, by 11th level, constant practice has honed your sharpshooting skills. When you miss a ranged attack roll against a creature or object you hit in the current or last round, you may choose to hit instead. So if I've already hit something once and I, or, you know, if I, if I hit him in the last round or you know, I hit him with one of my other attacks and I shoot at him again and I miss, I just like, nope, that one hit. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> um, uh, after invoking this feature, I have to take a shorter long rest before I can use it again. Um, but once again, I am opting to take a feat instead of the ability score increase. I feel like a plus four to my decks isn't much of a hindrance yet, so I'm taking the sharpshooter feat, which uh, does not it removes any disadvantage for firing long range with my hand crossbow. So now, effectively, my hand crossbow range is 120 feet. Um, it also allows me to ignore half and three quarters cover, so you know I can I can shoot those guys that are trying to hide a little bit better. And much like other wonderful features, I can take a minus five to my attack roll to impart plus ten damage on the damage. So a lot of a lot of options there to fully maximize the uh, the, the punishment that I can deal out with my crossbows, getting off all of those rapid firing shots on the move. Because, as everybody knows, a stationary hero is a dead hero. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, sorry, I also managed to pick up the a, uh, a Ring of Cold Resistance, and uh, I am now wielding a pair of plus one hand crossbows, so I don't have to worry nearly as much about magical damage resistance. Or non-magical damage resistance. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it's Mike. I'm back with Lubos Dubins in one, two, three. I do not gain anything from the time domain this time around. Uh, moving from 8th to 12th level, uh, my next ability from the time domain will be at 17th level. So it's going to be a bit before we introduce anything new from the time domain. Uh, what I did do was just the basic cleric workup for anybody familiar with it. You already know. I uh, get, what is it called? A divine intervention, which is a percentage uh, roll based on your cleric level for the possible assistance of your deity. Uh, that's kind of it. Um, got a bunch of spells. I went up to six level spells. My total prepared spells now is 17, so I have lots of options. That was the hardest part about this level change, was trying to figure out I have 17 spells, but I have like 50 spells to choose from. Do you choose a bunch of high-level spells for opportunity, um, or do you choose just all the, the general low-level spells that you just know you can consistently use? What's you know? What do you choose here? What do you take there? So my first time playing a cleric in 5e, that was probably the, the most uh, difficult choice I had to make. Uh, one thing that I did do that is akin to our homebrew review is I chose from D&D Beyond 8 feet for 12th level called One Step Ahead it was created by Oleus. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, <clears throat> kind of keeping in line with the fact that Ubo Stupens is all about knowing things before they happen and adjusting uh, to the timeline. Once per long rest, you may shift your initiative up to act before anybody else. 
so just bam, I, I, I'm going first. Well, what's your roll? Doesn't matter, I'm going first. Uh, you may make all initiative rolls with advantage. And the third ability on this is actually redundant because I already have it from another ability. Uh, just I can't be surprised unless I was asleep or unconscious immediately before the surprise triggers. So not many things change besides picking up some basic spells and grabbing that feat, but uh, once again, I'm super excited to see what I can do with what I've chosen. Oh, and I did pick up some gear, um, because Hope was able to acquire a really awesome mask. She donated to me the shield of arrow catching that we had from one of the earlier sessions. It'll give me a little better uh, armor class versus ranged, and then also I can draw a ranged attack that is targeting an ally at five feet to me, and then use my increased armor class to try to avoid that. And then, that's it, right? Alrighty. Lucky dokey. Oh, don't do that, Bob. I know. <laughs> Who crept during a poison resistance? Did anyone take that? Cricket. Cricket. No, I don't think so. That was one we talked about, but nobody ever claimed it. I'll, I'll take it. If I'll take it. I mean, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> no, Mike, if you want to go ahead. Awesome. So I, I also gained a ring of poison resistance. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. <laughs> okay. Woo-hoo. Exactly. Alright, so you guys would have known that uh, where you are going now is where the Green Worm Speaker is. Uh, they have established a stronghold here, and uh, Cholf, or Cholf, Cholf, I think? I don't know. Uh, there's an, ancient, an adult green dragon here, uh, along with the Worm Speaker uh, in this lair. So you guys would have traveled quite a distance, heard the story of some of the survivors of the attacks. Uh, you have, would have confronted one of the traitors in this group, uh, beat the information out of him to this location, more or less, and made your way towards this location. Uh, after traveling about 30 miles through this very dense, fog-filled forest, you guys would uh, hear a large crunch of a large tree, you believe, breaking, followed by a female voice crying out. Would you guys go investigate it? Would you, what would you like to do with that? Nymphs! Do nymphs typically knock over trees? Yes. I'm thinking it might be a nymph in trouble. You take off in the direction of the cry, and after some searching, you see that a uh, a woman dressed all in uh, furs and leathers um, has her leg, it looks like it's pinned beneath a uh, heavy tree. Excuse me, miss, did you happen to see any nymphs nearby? I'll turn to Cedric. I believe our satyr has a problem. <laughs> yeah, apparently. She, what was that? He said apparently. Uh, yeah, apparently, yes. So, um, she says, no, but my leg is trapped. Can you not help me? I'm not strong enough to help you. I'm going to go look for those nymphs. Uh, uh, so I will try and lift the tree up. Yep. And my dragon will help. Awesome. All right. I'll supervise. Okay. <laughs> it, okay. Um, it takes all your effort to lift the tree, knowing that you put yourselves at risk if it shifts against you. But then even as you clo- you are close to freeing the woman, the tree begins to rise on its own. Two other trees standing nearby shift back along the ground as the elf stands and smiles, showing no sign of injury. Heroes at last, she says, 
How many might fall back in fear at the sight of a stranger in the woods or think first of their own safety before helping another? I grant you my blessing. May your hearts prove true where others fear to tread. The woman picks flowers from her hair that you swear were not there a moment ago and twists her fingers to weave them into garlands as if by magic. She lays a garland around each of your necks that suddenly transforms it, uh, and then suddenly transforms into an owl. Her awakened tree servants stomp after her into the forest. I think she liked you. <laughs> she was. She was cute. <laughs> In both forms. In both forms. Alright, then. That happened. Do you guys continue on your way? Do you want to investigate these things? What would you like to do? <clears throat> So about those nymphs. <laughs> no nymphs that you have seen, nor I'm, any sight. I'm um, concerned that this attraction to nymphs is going to get you in trouble someday. And? <laughs> All right, then. What would you do if you needed to teach one of your students how not to fall fully to such a thing? No. <laughs> yes, no. no. We, All right, we will revisit the subject. Exactly. Boomer reel, take two. <laughs> All right, so... Um, no. Yes. So what would you guys like to do at this point? You have rescued her, been given these strange flowers around your neck, and a blessing, whatever that is. Um, can, would be religion, perhaps? Uh, either religion, possibly. Arcana would be a good one. If you have the identify spell, you could use that. Yes, my God. Does this have anything to do with the deeds of great heroes? I'll give it to you. Because I get advantage on that check if it does. I'll have a 18 for religion. <laughs> three to three. <laughs> Mike is out. Virgil, Hope, do you have any rolls? I'm still hung up on those nymphs. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a religion. I rolled a 10. Hope? Five. Five. Okay, Micah. You can tell just... <laughs> or Mike, Mike, excuse me. Yeah, You rolled the two threes. Uh, Mike... You are just able to tell enough of these that they have almost a pacifying effect on them. Almost as if um, natural creatures or anybody, anything that looks about them would be um, kind of calmed oh. and made chill. <laughs> so I'm just sitting here like, if he doesn't tell me these things, I might start eating it. <laughs> I'm assuming you tell everybody before would, he starts I eating. I would, yeah. So you say it has a bit of a pacifying effect on surrounding creatures? Correct. For At first, other pacifying, like, we're just going to stop caring and sit around. Yeah, very hippie-like in nature. Things. Yeah, you got the, the flowers in your hair, and you're just kind of sitting there, chill. I'm glad that's not the point. That's not the effect. I would much rather not end up like my hedonistic brothers. Do we feel like this would have effect on mostly woodland creatures? It would, but you also feel something within yourself too. There's also an effect, something that is affecting you, but you can't, you can't really put it into words yet. I must say, I do feel a bit empowered. I do have that effect on people. (laughs) So I'm assuming you guys leave them on and keep going, correct? Yeah. All right. Uh, what is everybody's passive perception before we get too much further in this forest? Um, Sixteen. What's the light conditions in the forest? Are we looking at uh, light conditions? It would be foggy, fog uh, filled forest. Um, let me see here. Oh, really? It's me shooting my, my crossbows. Pretty much. Uh, it's not heavy obscured fog. It's just that low ground fog. Okay. Um, 
light in the stronghold. Oh, when you get to the stronghold, it is dark except where otherwise noted. Okay. So I'm going to say that the canopy is heavy enough here that it's probably dim light. So um, my passive perception will be 15 unless the conditions are dark or nighttime, and then okay. it goes up by plus 5 due to my uh, one of my oh my nocturnal perception at night or in dark is plus 5 to passive perception. Okay, would you uh, guys enter at night then or during the day? Because it never really specified here. And night's a bad thing because Virgil's light up. Oh, that's true. Cloak, cloak. Actually, I was going to ask, if I sell my chainmail before this happened, if I sell that chainmail, how much will I get? Because I'd like to buy plate mail if possible. I'm going to say, between all your adventures, I haven't been keeping up on all the dragon loot that you guys would have found and whatnot, so I'm going to say you guys could afford plate mail if you wanted to at this point. I would. I typically... Never buy the gear really, so I would even donate my 700 plus. Yeah, and plus one chainmail would probably get you about a grand, I'd say. So, with what you've got, you could probably afford plate. Okay, then yeah, I will have plate, so I no longer am shiny. Just loud and clanky. Well, I mean, depending yeah. on how well you polish your armor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, then, uh, would you guys like to enter at night or during the day now that Virgil's glowing is no longer an issue? Well, with these <clears throat> flower necklaces, it, knowing that we can kind of like move through the, the forest without any issue, we don't have to worry about keeping an eye out for, you know, sneaky beasts that would be trying to come up on us. So, nighttime wouldn't be a problem there. And. I can't see in the dark. No. Okay. Daytime then it is, I guess. I mean, unless, unless everybody else can see in the dark just fine, in which case I'll make do. If we want to try to sneak in, night would be best. If we don't care about being sneaky, then it really doesn't matter when we go. Well, the last time we tried to sneak in, it didn't work very well. Not very well, no. Well, we sneaked in just fine. It was trying to sneak through. <clears throat> would you prefer daytime? This way you're not affected by range. Since you're primarily a ranged character. As in, my vote would be daytime, but I'm, I'm willing to take the hit if we want to try to be healthy. Okay, well, let's go ahead and say daytime, because once you get within the stronghold, the light is dark anyway. So we'll say through the forest, as you're going through, it is fairly bright, uh, not fairly bright, it's the dim canopy-type light as you're going through. But you are able to see very large spider webs when you're about a quarter mile from where you think you're supposed to be. Very large spider webs, and they start getting denser and denser as you go through this area. Uh, would you guys continue on through, or would you try to go around, or would you try to sneak? Uh, what would you do? Because you guys would easily be able to identify these as very large spider webs. There are large spiders here. Indeed. Do we feel that our... Uh Necklaces will protect us from large, um, spindly-legged, so venomous. <clears throat> you were able to spiders. tell it has a pacifying effect, but you don't know how powerful and what all it would affect. Because it was religion that you yeah. used instead of arcana. Yeah, so you know that it has a calming feel about it, but you don't know specifics. I am not aware if our gifts will protect us from giant spiders. I know that my crossbow can help protect against giants. <laughs> yeah, but this whole area, because of the webbing, is heavily obscured and difficult terrain. I feel like if we want to make good time, we should probably avoid them if possible. That didn't try and work yeah. your also, spiders can be very spiteful. I thought you were going to say spidery. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. 
So would you guys uh, I, I, I rem- I'm reminded of an old myth about a spider and how much she uh, caused trouble for others. I'd rather not. Virgil, are you okay with going around? You and Hope? Yeah, that's fine. Alright, you guys are able to very slowly work your way around, uh, kind of avoiding the mass of the spider webs, and you are able to get to a very large pool uh, with a waterfall coming over it. You know that the lair of the green dragon lies behind this waterfall. And as you guys were getting close, avoiding the spider webs or whatever, you saw a lot of animals that had kind of a weird sheen to their eye. And when they would look upon you, they would kind of just, their eyes would just drift off, almost as if they didn't really pay attention to you. So basically we're wearing, we're wearing SCP fields around our neck. Kind of. Okay. So you, yeah, so you guys are able to get through this area and into that. Behind the waterfall is where the um, entrance would be. Would you guys just kind of get through it? Uh, would you try to rig up some sort of rope type deal to it? It doesn't look like it's terrible. Um, it's a steep slope that descends. Um, DC 12 acrobatics, DC 12. Oh, um, I do have a natural climb speed. Okay. Okay. Would, that, would that help out? Yeah. I, I also, um, if, if this is uh, rocky terrain, uh, my, my satyr abilities let me... Uh, I got twice my proficiency bonus instead of just standard when I'm attempting to... Uh, Climb rocky or rugged terrain. Okay, so yeah, you guys are able to. You two, not a problem. So you can get into the rope so that each of us can help, like with our climb ability, maintain hold and help other people get up. Yep. If you guys use a rope, you don't have to make a check at all for uh, hope and virtual. All right. All right. Well, I'm we'll... gonna fly. Oh yeah, for sure. Ooh, it's fancy fancy. So for anybody else, I can just send my dragon back down. He can just pick me up too. Okay. I'm a safer, I don't ride dragons. <laughs> uh, uh, athletic check 24 to get down. Uh, barely. Barely. You slip a little. Alright. So you're able to, all of you very easily, 26. get in through behind that waterfall and into towards the uh, into kind of the next area. As you guys enter into this next area, uh, going down this kind of long passage, you guys uh, start to hear voices a little bit. Uh, who here speaks Elvish? Um, what was that? Uh, who speaks Elvish? Where are my languages? I yes. do. Okay. <clears throat> Hope at least. Um, anybody that's... Yes. Okay. I have Elvin and Sylvan. Okay. Uh, anybody that speaks Elvish can recognize this as just regular kind of talk. Um, nothing in particular. It's very nervous sounding almost. Uh, you know that the green dragon, that the worm speaker, uh, has taken slaves before, and this sounds almost like, you know, terrified, very quiet, almost not trying to disturb anybody voices, but they are. it is all in Elvish. Oh, and it is coming from this next chamber you guys are kind of entering into. Uh, there are several large ledges around the area, as well as a very large pool in the center of this room, on which stands kind of a large uh, island. There is a 40-foot high, the ceiling is 40-foot high with massive stalactites strewn across it. A pool with a small island in the southwest corner yeah, feeds the stream of water dripping down from the rock. And the southwest face of the cavern, there is a 20-foot high bluff. Um, which enters into another area. Other than that, there is an entrance, it looks like, right by where those elves are standing in the northwest corner. Any of you who can see in the dock, is is there much else going on in there besides uh, the elves? 
Um, you can tell that they're very under-equipped, definitely slaves, um, not wearing anything super fancy, just kind of common clothes with short swords and whatnot. Um, my dragon sticks his head hard. All right. Uh, he goes and he sticks his nose in that pool right up front there, and uh, he's able to see that there is a tunnel that leads further back into it uh, as they're as kind of towards the back corner of the pool. And as that happens, the elves would uh, definitely approach you guys and be like, what are you guys doing in here? I will say in Elven, <laughs> just because I can this time around. No, we're just passing through, friends. Well, what do you mean you're just passing through? Are you here to see Niren Ring? But of course. Alright, go ahead and roll me a deception check. Well, I mean, we're, we're on our way to see Niren Ring anyway. Oh, persuasion then. That is a 12. A 12. Oh, actually, they passed. So they would know that, no, you're not here to see it. Well, you guys would have advantage because of... Was that, that was, that yeah, was, that was advantage. I mean, I'm being flat out honest that we're on our way to see Naravain. We're just, I'm just hiding our motives for going to see him. And they saw through that you weren't actually members of the guard. So go ahead and everybody roll the initiative. 13. Wow. Oh, Micah, Micah might actually oh, beat me for initiative right now. What is that, Micah? 24. 24. So I need to roll. I have advantage. I need to roll a 13 or better. I got a 13. <laughs> All right. Hazel and Cedric. Uh, uh, I got 13. A, I can use my once per... Okay. Um, 13 for Hazel. What was Cedric? 18 for Cedric. Okay. Is this really the time when you want to use that? No. That would be a very improper use of that ability. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, I have a 24, and Mike had a 24, but I have a plus 4 in my decks. <laughs> And you, oh my gosh, so Daskalos is going to go first. There are four of them standing there. They look like you can sneeze and knock them over. You have made a grave mistake, young ones. Let's see if I can't be a, a, a gunslinger, and I'll uh, shift around to catch two of them with one shot. <laughs> Too bad you wasted that 20 on your initiative. Yeah. <laughs> what was the, still tell me what it was. That would be, uh... A 12 to hit. That'll hit. Oh my god. And disadvantage to hit the one behind him. Oh yeah, that's good. Well, yeah, most definitely hit. Two of them go down with and five full health points. So that's a, a chunk and pew. Yep. And that'll be a third one down. Third one down. I would suggest you not continue. Alright, we're on to Dr. Stew. Hmm. Still in shock that I didn't get to go first. Oh, should I just go at him, or should we like? If you want, you would can. I be able to get advantage on like uh, a persuasion check at this point? He's just seen three of his guys go down. You uh, can give it a try. Yeah, so you're actually a, a. He's just seen three of his guys go down in a single moment of combat, mm-hmm. and we have plenty of time left to act. So any any information that we can get from him for sake of sparing his own life. Mm-hmm. The other thing you can do is you can club him with your base to do non-lethal damage. I suppose. Because there's no penalty for doing non-lethal. That's true. Alright, we'll do that. Uh, no. Eight. That will not hit, no. Bonus action. Uh, I'm not gonna waste a spiritual weapon on this guy. Uh, I will just like... As a, so that swing right there is a woof. 
I did not have to miss sleep. <laughs> that was your warning swing. That was your warning swing. <laughs> now then, give him a warning shot. <laughs> now. The next swing will hit if you don't tell us that we need to know about this guy. <laughs> okay. Cedric, it is your turn. How many are left? One. Okay, I'm going to non-lethal. Non-lethal attack. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, that is a 23 to hit. Yep. And he is yeah, it's flat of the blade kind of a thing? Yeah. Oh yeah, you just knock his head straight into a wall, he collapses, he's unconscious in all hell. I will, our, I will let our charismatic individual question once it comes around, and I will go um, gather up supplies that I might need to craft more arrows later. As you start looking around for supplies, you hear <clears throat> coming from side chambers, more elven Excuse coming me. from a chamber on the other side, and suspicious bubbles begin to appear in the pool. Did I just hear Tim Allen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wait, was that a was that a hoo-hoo or a hoo-hoo? I don't know. We continue in regular initiative with Hazel. You, oh, Virgil, you still technically have stuff left you can do if you want. You hear stuff coming from the chamber uh, immediately behind you. Um, there's kind of a, a long tunnel that leads uh, back to a, a chamber, kind of back into the mountain a little ways. Uh, you hear a commotion coming from the ledge that is uh, up up, uh, up higher, and then you hear additional noises coming from, in common this time, coming from the chambers to the north where they were guarding. I'll probably stand in front for... So we're kind of in a central chamber, and there are three hallways roughly, or what? Yeah, here, let me put the picture up on Discord so you guys can see. I keep forgetting to put maps up there for you. Alright, you guys would be in area number two. Uh, you hear noises from area number three, which is a bat cavern. That was those growling, grunting type noises. You hear uh, Elvish coming from area number four, and you hear Common coming from areas number five, six, that direction. And then you're starting would, to see bubbles in the pool. Uh, I would kind of position myself at the pool because. Yeah, I'll position myself kind of by the pool and kind of turn around so I can keep an eye on everything and just tell everyone that we have company. Okay. Hazel, it is your turn. And his head goes back under the water. What's happening, Paul? Uh, there are just lots of bubbles that seem to be coming from that tunnel uh, that is underneath the pool back quite a ways. Okay. Nothing, though, of note yet. Alright, then we'll turn towards the hallway leading up to five and six, and we just hear voices because we can't see anything, correct? Correct. You just hear common, but you're pretty sure it'll be coming down that area pretty darn quick. Um, how many, like, does it sound like there's a lot? Uh, it sounds like five or six voices. Okay. Um, we're gonna just start it, uh... Virgil, you're just facing it. You're not in that correct? No, I'm just kind of facing. I'm kind of standing in the middle so that everyone's in my auras. Okay. Then I'm going to move this a little bit like in front of you, and then I'm going to cast Loud Kill into the hallway. Okay. And that is concentration. It's a 20-foot sphere with a con saving throw, and it moves 10 feet. Okay. And 
the start of every turn. Alright, there's nobody in there yet, because um, each one of those squares is actually 15 feet. Really weird denomination for that. But it's a 15-foot square, so that hallway is 30 foot long. But uh, next turn, they will go into that, because it's at the start of your turn when you enter the area, correct? Yep. Okay. Uh, we then go on to all of the enemy's turn. The uh, Dragon Claws and the one Dragon Fang Cultist all run into there. So, let me... Roll that. And what kind of save is it? Con. Con? Oh, thank you, Micah. And what is the number on it? Thirteen. Thirteen? Yes. Okay. One passed. And one got a nat one. So, um... Yeah, so just one of them passed. Alright. So then that is... 22 for the one that failed, and half of that for success, so 11 for the one who seated. Okay, you hear hear four bodies hit the ground with a thud, and uh, one that's just cursing. (laughs) Yeah, son of a... Pretty much, yeah. Son Uh, of a... <laughs> exactly. You then see uh, from behind you, up on that. Oh, uh, it's still your turn, isn't it? Oh no, it was their turn. You cast the spell; they ran into it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you then uh, hear behind you, uh, up on that ledge, eight uh, individuals uh, come out of that area. They all appear to be slaves as well, though one of them does appear to be in armor, and another one is wearing robes. Uh, they come out onto the platform, but they do not openly attack at first. They look very hesitant. Oh, wait, no, you guys uh, still have the garlands that you were given, so um, they automatically see those garlands and uh, don't attack. They kind of back off. So then um, we go on to the two of oh, the three Ettons. You guys hear the stomping noise behind you as these Ettons uh, all converge on you. Uh, Let me see what distance that is for them to walk. So they are able to get uh, all the way to you with the dash action, but that's as far as they can get. So three Ettons are now right there with you guys. Uh, We then move on to Daskalos. Um, I think at this point I will uh, yell up to the, the the slaves that, uh, your salvation has come, friends! Help us slay these foul beasts! As I, uh, chunk a couple arrows into the nearest whatever I can shoot at that isn't them. Okay, there's three Ettons behind you. Um, I don't believe you'd be able to see the, um, the Dragon Fang cultist guy, so probably right. one of them. So, I'm going to, uh, utilize the, the maximum amount of movement that I am capable of moving and uh, hopefully get myself positioned in such a point that I can... Ettons are large, right? Correct. Yes, and they are Good. all in a single hallway, single file. Good, I can still pierce them. So basically I just, like, run around in a circle and then just fire some arrows down the hall. <laughs> um, that is a 24 to... 20, 25 to hit? Yes, very much. And, um... You know what? Since I can, we're going to, uh... Utilize that. You use half of these uh, straight dice to deal some extra damage. 
Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fourteen points of damage to him. Okay. Oh, sorry. Did you forgot to do that before? Because I've forgotten to do that before. Nineteen, nineteen damage to him. Alright. And, uh. It just kind of got lodged in his belly. Okay. And. Damage on that one. Uh, that is a 13 to hit. Yes, that will actually hit. They are bare chested. And that one will take. Six points of. Well, it's, a, it's still a, one in the front. We'll take six more. Okay. All right. He's not looking great, but not quite bloodied yet. Uh, Doctor Stu. Hmm. So, what vision do I actually have? I see the end that he just shot. Correct. And then there are two Ettons behind him, and then do I, do I, can I, I can actually see them. Yeah. Like clear vision to them. Okay. Um, and then the one Dragon Fang guy would be obscured because of the Cloud Kill spell. Okay. And, but he's got to walk through that before he gets to it. Yep. He got part way through it. Because it's uh, what's the radius on it? Twenty. Uh, twenty foot sphere. Yes. Okay. Twenty foot sphere. So he would have been able to enter it and then exit it then. So he would be visible now too. So he's visible. Um, he probably took some damage from it. Yeah. Um, he, and cultist, is he armed? He is, yes. Uh, he would on? have a short sword and an orb in one hand. He has an orb. Orbs tend to be dangerous. Well, I'd say if uh, if Cedric would like to stand in front of the Ettons and impede their movement while Daskalos fires straight down the hallway and pierces through them... We should make quick work of them. I might uh, run up and deal with this cultist myself. Okay. So how far away would he be from our starting position? Uh, depending on where you guys were, anywhere from 30 feet about, depending on wherever, you could be with it about 30. Okay. Oh, I do have a 35 base speed, so I should yeah, be able to reach him. Yeah, you should be able to reach him. So... We'll go ahead and bonus action. I'll do. Here's that spiritual weapon because that's my favorite thing. Bonus action for that, and then I'll move up and attack with both of us. I'll have to. I forget casting a spell in front of somebody. Your turn. Oh, well, I can, I can cast the spell, and then it can move as a bonus action along with me. So I can like move, cast, move. Yeah, you can interrupt your movement to do things. Yeah. Okay, so like I'll move so that I can cast it on him and then complete the move. So a spiritual weapon will make the attack. That'll be twenty-one against 22. the cultist. Twenty-two against the cultist. Yes. Four. Uh, one plus five, six damage. All right. Radiant. And then I. Up on the, the latch. Uh, nine plus six, fifteen. Yes, that hits exactly. Awesome. Um, that's a D6. Uh, so, seven necrotic okay. and three physical, just in case. All right. Uh, we then move on to uh, Cedric. All right. I will move up to the end. Okay. And I will... Let's see. That is a bonus action. So I'm going to cast Divine Favor... Uh, as a bonus action. And then I will attack the Etten with Hazaron. That is a 19 to hit. Yes. Alright. 
have so many of me. I'm so many dice to roll. <laughs> Alrighty. That's 11 slashing. Okay. 11 necrotic. Okay. And 9 radiant damage. Alright, that is below bloodied. Second attack. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's a 22 to hit? Yes. And that is 17 slashing, 6 necrotic, and 4 radiant damage. Standing but barely. Uh, they also will have the wounded uh, uh, feature, so cannot regain HP unless they make the DC 15 con save. Okay. Excuse me. <laughs> nice. Okay, so uh, they are barely standing at this point. On to Hazel. Okay, so is there anybody still in the hall? No, the hallway uh, is vacant. Uh, he ran ten feet in front of that cloud. Okay, then I'm just going to do an attack at him, and I'm going to use my war cry as well. This is an 11 hit. Does not, no. Alright, uh, so that was one use of that down the drink. Alright, uh, second attack. That, that's not gonna hit either. <laughs> okay. Then on the dragon. Alright. Oh. Sorry, I gotta switch papers here. She's gonna try to do a written natural attack. Will oh. a 16 hit? Yes, 16 hits. Awesome. Alright. That is 10 points of piercing damage. Alright. And then your cloud, can you move that as a bonus action or is it stuck there? Uh, um, I actually don't know if you can move it. I don't remember. I don't think some cloud spells you can. I just don't remember if that is one of them. Well, he's going to hope. Do you have to choose to use your war cry before you make the attack, or can you. Or is, is it on hit? You can choose to utilize it. I think before. Okay, I was Because if curious. I succeed, then I get the bonus, and if I succeed, then it doesn't attack. Yeah, and actually, um, he would have still been in the cloud because it's a 20 foot radius sphere. So he would still be in there, and it moves 10 feet away from you at the start of each of your turns. So um, it would be further away now, but he is still technically within the cloud. Okay. All right, then. Um, Then is that everything on your turn? Yes, it is. Okay, go ahead and re-roll that damage for that um, cultist, because I doubt he's going to... No, that was a nat one on the save. So go ahead and roll that damage for cloud kill on him. 28. Alright, he is barely standing then. Um, I don't want to be that guy again. But, uh, Cloud Kill. Isn't that poison damage? Oh, shit, it is. It is a necrotic, is it? So he has resistance. So then he'd be 14 instead of, or, it would be. It still would have killed the other ones. Yeah, it would have killed the other ones outright. Um, but this last one would have been uh, resistance. We'll just go from there. Yeah, I'm just glad it did something. <laughs> yeah, no, like I said, it still killed the other ones outright because they only had 16 health points. So, because I didn't want to be that guy, but also didn't want to get called out. No. 
Yeah, no, we would have gotten called out. I didn't even notice it. Okay, um, so then that's that. Uh, he is going to run through the clouds. So uh, my magic uh, weapon, I, spiritual weapon, I believe is an opportunity attack. Yes, you. Does that count as me and is it an opportunity attack? Or I, one of us. I have no idea. I think one of them it's reaction for. Well, no, because you're standing right there within five feet of him, aren't you? You went yeah, up to attack. Ran up and attack him also. Okay, then never mind. He would. Uh, he was going to charge you, so he will just attack you then from right there. Oh, we're working on. And you can make two short sword attacks. Uh, only one of those would hit with a 20, not natural. Okay. Uh, you take six points of piercing damage plus seven points of poison damage. Okay, I do have the ring of poison resist, so that'll go down to three. three. Yep. So six total loss altogether. Alright, only one of them can attack you at a time uh, because of how packed in they are. So, Virgil, you are going to take uh, two swings, one with its battle axe and the other one with its morning star. Okay. Uh, one of those will definitely hit uh, with a 22. Uh, the other one was a 16, so that one won't. You will be taking uh, 11 points of slashing damage from that Virgil. Okay. We then move back on to Doskalos. Looking at the big ugly. Uh, so since he's large, I can still see above Cedric's head to, to continue the shots on him. That's a 12 to hit him? Exactly. Oh! Sorry, I would have made my 30 feet of random movement to uh, acquire. Yep. And we're just going to deal 11 points of piercing damage to him. First one is dropped. And the one behind him is also an 11 to hit, so he will also take... 11 to hit or 12? 11. 11 does not, no. Okay. Okay. Um, um, and my second attack? Okay. That is a 16 to hit. 16 does. And we're just going to utilize all of these. Ed right behind him or the cultist? The Ed right behind him. Okay. Blood points of damage to him. Alright. No, that would have been a 12 to hit, either way. Oh, well, then it would have done damage on the second one, so. The second one would have taken whatever the first one took as well. Okay, uh, so 11 points again. Yep. Yep, so, alright. Uh, we then move on to Dr. Stu. Remember, you get a plus 9 to hit, not 8. Yeah. <clears throat> alright, spiritual weapon. Um, 11 plus 7, 9, no, 20. That's a yep. point. Awesome. That'll hit. So, D8. Wow. Uh, for nine, radiant damage to him. Alright. How's he looking? He's below blood. <coughs> and that was the attack that put him below that. Do I want to... Oh, no, actually, it would have been the attack before, but still. You guys are doing fine. Cedric is able to hold back the Etons, and you're just, like, blinking yep. from distance. So, um, do I want to actually swing on him, or do I want... He's, he looks like he might be a cultist, kind of a cleric kind of guy. He might have a decent wisdom. He might be able to resist total to dead, so I'll go ahead and make an attack again with my weapon. Eventually, that is a 19 plus 6 for 25. Yes. So, D8 plus a D6 plus 2. Um, so, 8 physical damage and 5 radiant. Or, uh, 5 necrotic, sorry. Okay. Uh, barely standing on at this point. <clears throat> so, you know, one section in that, and I could move, but 
I'll go ahead and just stand firm. All right, Cedric, it is your turn. The one uh, dead end is in front of you. The one behind it is uh, damaged. All right, I'm going to go up to the uh, damage deck and attack. All right. Uh, that's going to hit. All right. Um, that's uh, 17 slashing. Um, it's four necrotic and six gradient. Okay, below bloody. Second attack. Uh, that's gonna hit as well. And that is uh, 17 slashing, seven necrotic, and six reboots. Okay, barely standing, single digits again. Uh, and that'll be my turn. Alright, Hazel, it is your turn. The cultist is barely hanging on, one of the Ettons is barely hanging on, and the last Etten is uh, still uh, full health behind the rest. You do notice that the bubbles in that pool, though, are starting to grow much more noticeable. Alright, um, I'm gonna try to finish off that fifth. Okay. That is a 13. Not quite enough, no. Alright, extra attack. Nat 20. Alright. <clears throat> Alright. Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot. How do we do that? Uh, roll twice, add your modifiers once. Okay. There we go. Oh, goodness. That is six points of damage. Okay. Still standing, but now in single digits. Uh, Alright. Let's see if the dragon finishes. Alright. That is a 14. One point shy of what you needed. Oh, oh, darn. Oh, well. All right. Only the cleric has Yeah. All right. Oh, uh, but he never moved out of the cloud kill. It's still active, so go ahead and roll that damage. Oh, uh, let me roll to see if he saved, but nope, he did not save. 24. Okay, and even with resistance, that was enough to kill the one cultist. He goes to the ground. All right, uh, we then on to the Ettons. Once again, Virgil, you're going to take two swings, one from a Battle Axe and one from a Morning Star. Neither of those will hit with a one and a three. Yeah. However, Kava, at the beginning of round four, a giant adult green dragon head pops out of the water and does its breath weapon against you all. I need... I was hoping we'd have one more turn. <laughs> I was looking up something right now. I need a constitution saving throw from everybody, including the... Everybody gets a plus five because of my uh, aura of protection. What type? Constitution saving throw? Constitution against poison. So... With a plus five, I got a fifteen. Michael, what's that? Oh lord! If you fail the save, you take fifty-six points of poison damage. If you've succeeded on it, you take half of that, which would be twenty-eight. What's passer say? What's passer fail? Uh, DC eighteen. Okay. <clears throat> So, though I do have the ring, so 28. Yep, 28 on a save, 56 on a fail. Well, that was cool. 
So I have, to do, I, have to do, I have to do some extra math. And then the head immediately went back into the cavern. Oh, went it. back into the pool. Did it now. And then we would move on to Dasculus. You said 56 on a fail? Yes, 56 on a fail, 28 on a save. I have 20 hit points left. <laughs> Alright, Dasculus, it is your turn. So, what do we have still standing? Uh, the dragon just popped its head back under the water. We have got um, one Etten, because uh, the other one died from poison damage. Uh, and that is it. So, just one partially damaged and poisoned Etten. Alright, um. <clears throat> excuse me. We are going to uh, take a shot at the Etten again. That is a 12 to hit. We will utilize the stopping power feature. Yep. So um, he will take... Using those uh, required strength dice. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. <clears throat> 16 points of piercing damage. And he will be staggered. Or he has to make a strength save. Okay. Uh, that was a 12 plus 5 for 17. That will just make it. Okay. So he's not staggered, but he still um, <clears throat> takes that damage. And uh, since he's the only thing I could really shoot at, I'll just make my second weapon attack against him. Oh, that one. All right, snap. All right. Dr. Stu. How's everybody feeling on a scale of one to ten? (laughs) I'm hurt, but I'm going to heal myself in my next turn. I might utilize his wall of flesh and uh, even the potion of healing isn't going to be a whole lot of good. Would everyone appreciate if I performed master wounds at this point? Probably. Okay. Would not be, yes. Would not hurt. Okay. Um, and that is a fifth level, what level spell is that? Yeah, it's a fifth level spell. Okay. While you're doing that math, I'll be back in just two seconds. 3d8 plus my spellcasting modifier. Um, so 7, 7, 14, 16, 21. Everybody heals 21. You still have an Etten, or did the Etten go down from the, the poison blast? There is one Etten still standing, I believe. I think I'm going to direct my spiritual weapon down towards the water's edge, that way when the dragon resurfaces, at least it's there. You can get almost to the edge of the water there. Yeah, uh, get it down there so that when he does resurface, it'll be close enough. I think I'm going to go ahead and stay back a bit. Okay. Cedric. I am going to use Lay on Hands as my action to heal myself whole. Uh, so that's 42 points of healing. And then I will cast uh, uh, Does Not Do Dragons. I was hoping it did. Uh, I'll just cast. Um, sorry, I'm looking through all my abilities to, to see which ones I can do. Um, uh, 
I guess I'll just hold my turn. I don't have anything to do as a bonus action that I really want to. So, actually, no. I'll use Shield of Faith. I'll catch Shield of Faith on myself, and that'll be the end of my turn. Okay, Bob, I just found it, just in okay. case it comes up. Uh, according to the player's handbook, underwater combat. When making a melee weapon attack, a creature who doesn't have a swim speed has disadvantage on the attack roll unless the weapon is a dagger, javelin, short sword, spear, or trident. A ranged weapon attack automatically misses a target beyond the weapon's normal range. Even against a target within normal range, the attack roll has disadvantage unless the weapon is a crossbow net or a weapon that is thrown. So... How convenient is that? Okay. And then creatures and objects that are fully immersed in water have resistance to fire damage. Okay. Awesome. I'm sure it may end up coming up, depending on how you guys decide to tackle this next bit, so... You've got Navy SEALs, we've got a Navy Seder. Exactly. Navy Seder. What? Do what look like I was made for swimming to you? (laughs) Ooh, do make it difficult. Alright, on then to Hazel. Especially the cloven kind. Yes. Okay, so can I have an update on everything outside of the water? One Etten that is almost dead. That's it. That's it, okay. Um, yeah, I'll take a shot at it then. Okay, go ahead. Alright, that is a 22. Uh, 20 to hit? Yeah. Yep, that'll hit. Alright, that is 6 points of damage. Alright, still standing, but by single digits. Second attack. That is a 22 again. Yep. Alright, that is 5 points of damage. One point remaining! Uh, On to the end. Virgil! On to the dragon! Oh, dragon! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's right. procedure. What now? Can the dragon get around Virgil to attack him? I'll allow it. Okay. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> These are also ranged attacks. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. So that is a 17. Yep, that'll hit. And he's gone. Thank goodness, it's about time. <laughs> Alright. You guys saw the bubbles underneath the water from the dragon's head um, as it kind of pulled back into that tunnel type area, and it seems to just be waiting there. Um, there are more tunnels to the uh, north that go up. Otherwise, there are kind of a passageway. Otherwise, there is that tunnel under the water. What would you guys like to do? I kind of want to check on our, uh, uh, oh, friend. our enslaved it's friends. No, I will A, the one who's laying there unconscious, but also the group that came out to attack us and then didn't. The second that they were able to, they would have fled. Okay, good. Then I'm okay with whatever. All right. Daskalos, it is your initiative turn. What would you like to do? Um, how deep is that water? 50 foot deep, um, but it goes back uh, 15, 30, 60, 90, or yeah, about 90 feet back before it gets to that tunnel that goes underneath. So if he's not within... Uh, I will... Um... He would be within 40 feet of the surface, because he only has a swimming speed of 40. Okay, so I could actually just fire into the water at him. So, uh, yeah, I'll just, if, if I know he's down there and I know he's potentially uh, wanting to attack us again, and he, he's a green dragon... Press the advantage, friends! Alright. 
an advantage as a dragon. <laughs> we have the advantage. We have the high ground. We, we have the high ground and we have numbers. We have the dry ground. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so what was that hit? That was a 13 to hit. Does not. Crit hit. Oh my goodness. So, um, we're going to utilize all six of my strafe dice. For sure. To double that up to 12 strafe dice. Okay. So I'm actually going to have to roll these twice. 42 points of damage. Okay. Like I said, press the advantage. For sure. Alright. Uh, maybe now I feel like we have the advantage. Yes. Dr. Stewart, it is your turn. Alright. Spiritual weapon. Um, the weapon shouldn't be impeded by its magical. Would you say that it, if it were to go into the water? I'd take it go into the water and still uh, attack if you want. Would it, would it take advantage, disadvantage, or anything like that? No. Being magical? Nature. No. Um, is it from the water's edge, can it go 20 feet in and actually catch him, or does it... No, yeah, the pool is still... Uh, he would be... Oh, you said 50 feet deep, right? Yeah, 50 foot deep, but even to get across the pool, uh, it's 30 foot across to the island, and he would be an additional 30 foot from that. Let me see here, because it's got to stay a certain... Actually, Bob, can I have that dragon make a strength save? Yeah. Uh, that's a... Uh... 13 plus 6. Alright, he'll make you. Okay. Um. Bigger possible slowing down my L2. Yeah. Oh, interesting. If I'd have known this fight was going to like move into the later stages, I would have cast it at a higher level. Um, so, it doesn't have to stay. It's got a range of 60 feet to cast. But it doesn't say that it has to stay any particular range away from me. I was thinking. I would think that keeping it within sixty feet to control, yeah. probably. So even if that's not the rule, um, so for where I'm at, I'll go ahead and move down to the water's edge. Can, uh, can I actually see through the water? Is it clear enough yep, to see where the dragon is? Okay. As long so as you have dark vision, you can see it. I do have dark vision, uh, so I'll do that, and then I'll move the spiritual weapon twenty feet, kind of down and into the water, so that it's between me and the okay. said dragon. Then. Let's see here. Let's put haste. I don't know, I feel like you being able to shoot into the water is probably the best choice, so let's put haste on our uh, satyr friend. Okay. We then move on to Cedric. Alrighty, so the dragon is underwater? Yes, currently underwater. Cedric, I, I'm thinking next round I might put freedom of movement on you so that you can just go into the water and just harass the dragon without any means. So you have to come up for air. Okay. Uh, I'm going to move over to the side of the water so the dragon can't see me, but in case he pops up, I can give him a whack. Gotcha. Uh, and then... And then I'm so going to action to uh, use Radiant Soul and get those wings and all that happy fun stuff. Alright. Hazel, we move on to you. So I technically can't see him, can I? If you don't have dark vision, no. I do have vision. Oh, then you can see him, yes. He is under the water. 
Okay, I'm gonna try to cast Polymorph. Oh damn! Okay. Alright, that is a wisdom saving saving throw. Uh, that was a seven plus two, but he's going to burn a legendary resistance, so he succeeds anyway. Great. <laughs> Burning those is a good thing, though. Alright, then on to your dragon. How would a breath we- weapon work through water? As long as it's not fire, there isn't any special rules as long as he's within that range. Alright. And you said he's, what, about 40 feet in the water? Correct. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I'm gonna try it. Alright, uh, I'm gonna do the acid breath weapon into it. So I need a dexterity saving throw. Uh, that was a 14. Uh, the save is a 14. Okay, so then he succeeded. Awesome. That is 17 points of acid damage. Alright. Uh, we then move on to the dragon. The dragon does not recharge his breath weapon yet, but he jumps out of the pool at you guys anyway, and he is going to attack Cedric. Alright, one bite and two with the claws, so the first one is going to be the bite. Um, that is a 18 to hit. That misses. Alright, and then the two claws... One will definitely hit, the other one was a nat one. So you will take 16 points of slashing damage from that. <coughs> we then move on to uh, Doskalos. In the immortal words of my uh, more force-based brethren, who are not satyrs, by the way, uh, don't fix what isn't broken. <laughs> that is a 27 to hit. Hits. And that will deal eight points of cursing damage. Alright. And that is a eleven to hit. That will not know. <laughs> See? He knew we had the advantage so much he wanted the advantage for himself. <laughs> Dr. Stu. <clears throat> Alright, how's everybody doing for health? Do I have any uh, limping or um, heavily bleeding allies? That is almost close to bleeding. Cedric, how are you doing? Uh, I only am 13th today. Oh, okay. So he's doing pretty good. Uh, and yeah, I'm hoping or Hazel and the dragon are both haven't taken much damage at all this time around. Huh? That's, that's I'm, funny. Now, you forgot the whole, uh, the first giant attack. That's right. Uh, yeah. So the dragon's, like, about at half health. I'm doing better than... You're doing okay? Uh, would yeah. everyone like another mass cure? Or... I wouldn't say no, but I also don't want you, you know, if you have better usages of your spells, I would say no. Well, I do have heal, which is gonna pop 70 on somebody. That's way more than... Uh, it's probably more than we need to do right now, yep. and then, I mean, I've got that. Um, I was gonna put haste on Cedric, would we prefer... Oh crap, I had another attack because I had... You put haste on me. No, oh, sorry, freedom of movement. I was gonna put freedom of movement on Cedric. So, Bob, uh, that is a 20 to hit. Yes. For another nine points of damage on it. Okay. Thank you for reminding me that I was hasted, Mike. 
to fly around the back side of the dragon uh, so that I'm behind it. He's in there. Yes. I'm going to use Vorkod's Judgment as a bonus action. Uh, the first attack on your attack action causes a critical hit. Nice. So, uh, it's a crit hit against the dragon. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do Divine Smite at the third level. So... I think that I think this is about to end that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so the sword does six, nine, so fifteen plus seven, uh, twenty-two points of slashing damage. Okay. Uh, that's nine plus. Four, so 13 points of necrotic damage. Okay. Uh, 16 points of radiance plus an additional uh, 18 points of radiant damage. Okay. Second attack. Alright. Is made with a disadvantage. Uh, so that is a 17 to hit. 17 does hit, yes. Oh, no, 17 does not, excuse me. Okay, okay. Um, so then that is the end of my turn. Okay. Uh, because I forgot to do it at initiative count 20, grasping roots within 20 feet centered at the ground that the dragon can see within 100 feet of it become difficult terrain. So I need everybody within 20 feet of the dragon to give me a DC 15 strength save or be restrained. I'm flying. Okay, then you're I'm totally fine. I am also fine. Oh shit, you are. I so, was down to the water's edge, so yeah. I'd probably be, be You would be within a... Would they be within 10 feet awesome. of me? They would... Would you guys be within 10 feet of Virgil? Not that close? Um, well, oh, well, no, Virgil, you're flying, aren't you? That's 10 feet radius. Oh, but you... Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. So the way that I kind of viewed it is the dragon came up to get Virgil. He was there. I'm standing here, watched it go this way, and Virgil flew up and behind it. So, I mean... Yeah, I'll let you know. If, if him so, with that in mind was like, I'm going to fly behind it but still be within 10 feet to make sure that at least one of us got the buff. I don't know, how where would he be with all that? Nowhere close. I pictured yeah, him no, like, he was I'm, I'm crossed and over there, yep. shooting this way. And then Hope flying, I mean... 
Yep, nope. So then just uh, Mike, but you would have within Virgil's 10 uh, foot thing. So. Okay, so that's plus five. Um, plus five. Yeah. Okay, for strength? Yes, yeah, strength. DC so 15. Yeah, plus seven. That's a roll of a lot. That's 18 plus 7, 25. All right, the area is just difficult to rain within 20 feet of the dragon. It is then going to take a legendary action. And it is going to tail attack at the same height. <laughs> Trying to restrain you. It now makes a tail attack. What's I think the same mic, but not the different one. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, because the other mic is not a part of it. He was listening earlier. All right, that is a 13 to hit. No. All right, totally whiffs on that one. As all of that happens, uh, you also see... Oh, oh with uh, Radiant Soul. I'm sorry, I forgot to add the bonus for... Uh, uh, my level, because I can do an extra damage equal to my level. Okay. So there should be an extra 12 points of radiant damage. Okay. Sorry, I forgot about that. Okay, no, not a problem. Uh, you also see an elf cloaked in uh, uh, robes come bursting out of that tunnel to the north where the cloud kill once was. Uh, he's immune to the poison, so don't worry about that. Um, and then uh, we move on to Hazel's turn. Just some random elf comes in now. And wizardy robes. You're pretty sure it's probably Nerobane, um, being as he's kind of badass looking. <laughs> Alright, well, first I'm gonna try to recharge my breath weapon, and I did not. So I'm just gonna keep attacking the dragon then. That is a 15. Uh, no, 15 is not yet. Alright. Uh, extra attack, and I'm gonna try. And that is not any better. <laughs> okay. So, we're just gonna try another natural weapon attack with the dragon. And that's an 11. Nope, not enough either. Alright. <laughs> Alright, uh, then. Uh, he is going to go ahead and take another legendary action and tail swipe at Virgil this time. That'll definitely hit with a 28. Okay. And you will be taking uh, 15 points of bludgeoning damage from that. Okay. And we then move on to his turn. Uh, Nerid Bane is actually going to, because they act on the same initiative, is going to chuck a health potion into the gob of the dragon. The gob of the dragon is then going to swallow said potion and regain health points. So you take damage from the shards of glass. If only. Does that count as a ranged attack? Ranged attack, if only. Seriously? Like he's throwing something at a target? Can I really direct that healing potion to me with a shield of arrow? (laughs) Yeah, if only. (laughs) No, 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 I'll take that healing potion. Exactly. Okay. Uh, he regains some health points of a mysterious number. Oh, Mark. Well, I hit the dragon. It has wounded. It must make a 15, uh, DC 15. Oh. Because it can't regain health. That's right. I'm pretty sure it's going to make it, though, because it has a ridiculous plus con. Yeah, that was a 19 plus 5 on the con. <laughs> All right. Uh, Virgil uses his legendary action to make the dragon automatically fail his con save. Exactly. And that was Nero Vane's turn was to chuck that damn thing. Oh, no, it was the dragon's turn because he had to swallow that. So that was the dragon's turn uh, as his action. Um, 
can't do anything as a bonus action, but I'm going to roll. He did not recharge his breath weapon. And so Near in Vain then is going to go ahead and just... So Near in Vain can throw something in or something? Uh, yeah, he threw it as... Um, well, I guess it would be used an item. That would be a bonus action. He would take a bonus action to check the potion. Okay. Um, he's then going to go ahead and just make one shot with his uh, spell attack thing. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll to see who he hits. That would be four, so that would be Virgil. He shoots you with an enchanted spell arrow thing, uh, but misses with a 15. Okay. All right, we then move back on to Doskalos. All right. Um, I feel like my friends have the dragon fairly well taken care of, so uh, I shall uh, engage this new foe. And uh, we'll get to, uh, first of all, we're going to move two, three, four, four. We're going to move uh, 20 feet to get those two more uh, strafe dice that I may end up beating. Nice. And uh, 18 plus 9 is 27 to hit. Yes, that will hit. For 7 points of piercing damage on Yon Elf. Alright. And that is a 15 to hit. Okay, that does not quite make it. Good to know. Alright. We then move on to Dr. Stu. I'm going to use one of my channel divinities to use the time slip. Uh, it allows me to move my normal movement. Um, move up to your speed without expending any of your normal movement. During this movement, creatures cannot take reactions, so I won't take a uh, an opportunity attack from uh, the dragon. Yeah. Um, and then, so I'm, I'm in that uh, the difficult terrain, yes? Yes. So this doesn't give me Okay, so I'm still subject to difficult terrain. How far of that movement am I dealing with for difficult yeah. terrain? 20 foot radius. 20 foot radius. And it, was it centered on me? It was centered on the dragon. So okay. it would be 15 feet, you would have to. Okay, so 15 feet, so my 30 feet of movement with time slip should get me just out of it. Correct. Okay, and then I can continue to use, this is this is just channel divinity, it's no bonus action, so I can continue to just go ahead and make movement after the fact. Yep. Will that get me to the caster? Yeah, that gets you to the caster. Okay. 15 so, foot just from that direction will get you pretty much to the caster. Oh, he's totally. Only, okay. He's only like 20 feet, 30 feet away. Okay, um, so I'm going to do that and, because I feel like Virgil's, Virgil and Hope are doing well with the dragon. I'm going to help him against this elf. I feel like that's a good call. So I'll use that to pop out of it and then I will I forgot I have another attack. Mm-hmm. You need to do that? Yeah, go ahead and make it. Nope. <laughs> Not with the two. Go to jail. Go to jail. Go to dice jail. I gave you another chance. You failed me. Alright, and you're still hasted, so... Actually, um... I'll do Spirit Guardians. And I will cast it... Is it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I need all my spells on flashcards like I, like I normally do. See your cast spell at higher level, fourth and higher damage bonus. Reach that above. Um, both of 
Well, I do want to save that six-level spell for heal. So, yep, we'll just do it at regular level. Okay. So, Spirit Guardians, um, time slip to move in, Spirit Guardians, and I still have the uh, spiritual weapon, so it'll still attack the dragon. Um, that's a three, so no. Twelve to hit the dragon. Probably nope, did a miss. Okay. So, and then, yep, so I just kind of move in, get in his face, and... Spiritual Guardians are now in his area. Alright, so then uh, we then move on to Cedric. Alrighty. Uh, I'm going to stay behind the dragon and I'm going to attack him. Alright. That is a 20 to hit. Yes. Alrighty. Oh my gosh, that's really nice. Uh, that's uh, 19 points of the slashing damage. Okay. 11 points of necrotic damage. Okay. Uh, 3 points of radiant damage. I'm actually going to divine smite this at the third level again. Okay. Uh, so that's an additional. So add an additional wow, 19 points of radiant damage. Okay. Uh, second attack. Shit. Uh, nope, that's a 14 to hit. No, it does not. Okay. Uh, uh, that'll be my turn. Alright, Hazel, your turn. Alright. So, no breath it. Okay. Uh, so just attacking the dragon once again. Alright. Oh, Robert, add an additional 12 radiant for radiant soul. Okay, thank you. Right. That is a 25 hit the dragon. Yes, 25 hits. Sorry, mapping in my head at the same time, I did work. Yep, so that's 9 points of damage, first attack. Okay, that is enough to actually slay the dragon. Huzzah! Nice. Alright, dragon goes down. Friends, I do believe that now qualifies you to be minor heroes. (laughs) You have slain a dragon. (laughs) Achievement unlocked. (laughs) Achievement, yes. I just pull a little parchment. Exactly. Very good. Going to zoom down then for the uh, other guy? Yes. Okay. Alright, I'm going to do war cry on this one. It'll be my. It's not probably useless. Okay, I'll do war cry on this. Okay. That is a 25. Yes. Alright, that means I get added d4 to the damage. Wait, aren't you at d6 now? Oh, you're right, thank you. Wow, thank you. See, I can be useful both ways. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's a lot of points of damage, and my allies add d6 to the, the next attack roll as well. Okay. Alright, and then on to the dragon. Alright, that is not going to hit. That is a 10. <laughs> Alright, second attack? Uh, not for the dragon. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, we then move on to him. He is going to swing wildly with his short sword twice at... Uh, we're going to go... Yeah, it would have to be... Yeah, it would have to be... Uh, wow, uh, I only think one of those is going to... Nope, neither of those will hit, because that one's only a 13. Alright, neither swing hits. Alright, on then to Doskalos. Um, 
since I have that that extra D6, we're gonna we're gonna play fast and loose, and we're going to utilize the sharpshooter's ability to uh, take the minus five plus ten. All right. That's eight. Sorry, 11, 16 to hit. One point short of what you needed. Fourteen. Plus 9 is 23, minus 5 is 18 to hit. That'll hit, yes. One part more than what you needed. <laughs> you see these, Bob? You see these? <laughs> see this? <laughs> now for the math. Um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, wait, there you go. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 22, 32, 37 points of damage to Yon Elf. That is ridiculous and awesome all at the same time. I definitely made up for that first miss. Dr. Stoop is... Oh, haste. He cast oh, that's right. so yeah. I'm not hasted anymore. Okay, your turn then. See, I remember. Um... Oh, speaking of spare guardians, when he took an attack action against me, he began his turn inside. Yeah. So I have oh. to make my three yes. and uh, saving throw against it. Yeah. Wisdom versus he failed at make time. Did he? Um. So eighteen. Okay. Uh, radiant. All right. He is below bloody. Oh. Um. Is twenty feet of movement for my spiritual weapon enough to get to him? No, because no, it I would have to go... probably be like 30. Yeah, so 30. next turn he would get to. Okay, so I'll have, as the bonus action, I can have hit move. And then I'm standing right next to him, but my mace isn't super amazing. I'm going to try Guiding Bolt. Okay. So it's a spell attack, so plus 9. And I'll let it be 7 plus 9, 16. Nope, one Did we just time. discuss that? Yeah. Oh, oh I, I have... Can that, this be used for that? Uh, oh. Rules on using your thing for spells. Your uh, D6. I honestly... It says attack roll. So it's a spell attack. Spell attack, attack. So yep. I'll, roll, I'll, I'll do that. So that'll give me a 19 to hit. Yes, that will hit. And guiding bolt is 4D6. I could have cast that at a higher level since I'm not using any of my 4th level spells at all. Um, look at all the ones. Uh, that'll be 10. Ten points, alright, but still, he's lit up. Next one has advantage. Next one has advantage, yes. Cedric! Speaking of uh, next one having advantage, uh, how far away is he? Because uh, you're in the air. How high in the air would you be? Just like five feet hovering? How tall was the dragon? Uh, it was a huge creature. Uh, I'd say probably either five or ten. Okay, so ten feet in the air, but I guess you can move diagonal, so it doesn't matter. So, 35, 40 feet away. Point of reference, he was also close enough that I could benefit from the... Oh, that's right, you would have benefited. So, 30, 30 feet, 35 with the height, maybe? Okay, if, if it's 30 feet, then I have no problem getting to him. If it's 35, then I won't be able to reach him. What do you think, Robert? It's It's down to one enemy. It's just kill him. You're at 30 feet, it's okay. fine. Uh, I'll fly down. And I will attack him. That is a 20 to hit. Yep. Okay, I will Divine Smite at the <laughs> third level for my last time. 17 points of slashing damage. 7 points of necrotic damage. And... Oh, 17 more points of radiant damage. 17 again, you said? Yes. Okay. 
and uh, second you attack. <laughs> Just drop my pin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good hit. Uh, Does it do I'll... more than nine? <laughs> I think with that belt, he can't knock you more than that. <laughs> you cut him in twain, and he falls to the ground. This entire area goes silent. You guys have slain the dragon in its lair, and after exploring a little bit through this area, you would find um, that most of the good loot has already been sent on to the Well of Dragons. But you would find a small hoard of 50 gold pieces, 10 platinum pieces, um, 100, uh, or I mean 10 gold bars worth 50 gold each, a buttload of platinum and gold and everything. We'll get all that figured out. Um, other than that, uh, there isn't a ton of treasure other than um, money-based items. So you guys are going to have a ton of cash to throw pretty much anywhere you want. Uh, once again, when we pick up next week, we will be level 16, taking on Tiamat in the Well of Dragons. So look forward to that adventure. Thank you guys very, very much, and I can't wait to throw that five-headed bitch at you. <laughs> Say goodbye. Whoa! Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. If you would like a chance to join our show and vote on who gets in and what material makes it, please visit our Patreon page where you can help support our podcast and possibly join the crew here. Also, if you would like to follow us, we are on Facebook at Guild Adventure. You can also find us on our website along with links to all the material at www.theadventuringguild.com. And if you are able, please check out Syndicate Games in Kearney, Nebraska for all of your gaming needs. So thank you all very much, and we hope to see you next week.